Hi everyone, it's Joaki Makren, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast, a podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. Samer Abbas is a games professional focused on the Arab-speaking countries. His experience spans from market research, games publishing, and to game developer support. Samir helps global game companies grow their business in the Arab markets. He has been called a vital figure in the Arabic games industry and is recognized in the 100 Game Changers list by GI.biz for his work uplifting the regional game development community. Samir currently serves as a director of Game Founders Accelerator program in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. In this episode, we talk with Samir about the games industry in the Middle East, specifically in Saudi Arabia, how things are developing and what does the future look like for the region. All right, Samir, we're we're recording. Um, it's good good to have you on the Elite Game Developers podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you for the invite, Joachim. Sure thing. Can you shortly introduce yourself? Well, I'm not sure about shortly, but I'll try. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm a games-focused uh, and MENA-focused uh, games professional. That's the easiest way to say it. I've done a lot of different things. I started in market research, done, did that for a while. Uh, and then that's where I got into games. And then I transitioned into game startups, trying to you know get more into the game industry. Um, I, uh, I, I was part of a game portal startup where I was uh, trying to get content from Arabic game developers. So I ended up doing this you know community development, community building, and uh, uh, game, game events, game jams, developer support in general. Uh, and then I, uh, after that, you know, that game portal business shut down, I went into game publishing. I co-founded a game publisher called Play Arabi and uh, mm -hmm. did that for five years. Um, that was around 2014. Um, so, uh, and then like I left it just before the pandemic. And from that moment until now, I've been like a independent, uh, you know, uh, you know, contractor helping companies grow their business in games and just, you know, doing all the things that I did before in different capacities in different ways, market research, uh, game publishing, and uh, developer support, ecosystem building, you name it. So um, it's, uh, I would say like my journey, I had a few strategic, uh, you know, stops uh, or, or uh, you know, uh, roles that I played that that were mm. timed uh, nicely with how the, the region was growing. You know, with market research, uh, with the Arab Advisors Group, I was a research analyst. And you know, when 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 games like Travian happened and people started getting interested in games, I was mm. there to provide them with the insights and the reports about the market. And then mm. when I wanted to do startups, I couldn't find any game developers. And then this opportunity comes, and I you know, get access to all the talents in the region and build this regional community around this portal. And with game publishing also, you know, the the next question was, what about the business and how do we market games and how we, do we get out there? So I, I, I feel like I, you know, kind of my, my my career journey was very, uh, you know, um, in line with the, with the growth uh, in the region and the story in the region. Mm. Yeah, you have a really good holistic view on the whole whole region and like seeing what what's been happening there uh, <laughs> regarding like just um, headcount growth in game development companies in the region, also like the the capital that has been used now for yeah. for gaming investments, different kind of uh, um, resources put into place. But first, like let's let's talk a bit about the games companies in the region. Um, mm -hmm that have been built there. How has the games industry grown regarding the number of companies, the headcounts uh, before the pandemic, during the pandemic, now uh, in mm -hmm. 2023? Mm -hmm. and, and can you name some of these like su success cases that have of course. come out of the region? 
Yeah. Of course, yes, yes. So, you know, there has been a lot of attempts. Now, now you know, top line numbers uh, uh, is, is something difficult to come by because there has not been, I mean, recently you had the Finnish games industry report coming out of Neo Games, right? This is, yes. you know, I, I've had this report since 2008 one, and I wish that we had something like that to measure growth in the in the region, right? We don't have that, but I can give you an idea. Like, you know, game development has, you know, People have been trying to do that since, uh, I guess, the early 2000s. Um, even before that, you know, with the with the you know old you know 80s home computer devices. But mm. like the real attempts started in the, in the 2000s, and um, all of the attempts have been in game development mostly, uh, like you know actually developing the game from scratch, and um, and. Some t somewhere in the you know 2010s, uh, there was like a, a huge entrepreneurship push and drive and, and and policy support for entrepreneurship in in different parts of the region, and that's when people you know started to get access to you know seed funding or you know accelerator funding, and and then a lot of company a lot of people tried to you know to to get into games as as part of that. Um, also, you know, um, it, it coincided also with the success of Travian. Um, maybe this is something we can talk about in more detail later, but with the success of Travian, a lot of heads were turned, you know, and a lot of people, you know, got, you know, it got the attention of a lot of people. And then they said, can we do this? Can we? Yeah, can we maybe something? you can expand on what, what happened there. With, with Travian? Yes. So, uh, you know, essentially, Travian, Travian was a, like a bit of an accidental success in the region. So they, they translated the game, the game to, and I, I, I fully believe it was because the translation back then was really, really bad. I think it was yeah. like a mass translation for 50 languages, and they just, right. opened, like, they just got the game out there. And this was the European um, uh, browser-based uh, games. So very yes. low barrier to entry. You do not need a strong device. You do not need a you know a powerful internet connection. So and 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 it's free to play, right? So really, the advent of free to play, and it, this is true for all, all all emerging regions. This is not for just the MENA region. The MENA region just happened to be you know very accessible at that moment. Internet, there's no regulation financially. You can get money in in and out, and um, and and Travian happened to be a good game. Uh, and you know, uh, it just it, it became this phenomenal success. It was one of I think there was a time I remember like when I search for games in Arabic, it's the top result, and I'm not talking about ads, right? So yeah. so there was a huge pent up demand here, and you know, with all the whole online internet services, and I would see people, you know, I I mean I mean I have the number I I have some you know reported numbers because this was a private company, so they were doing between one and a half to three million uh, dollars of revenue, mostly from Saudi Arabia uh, in a month. But also I had people who, you know, you know, I would never imagine telling me they use a computer, telling me how they're playing Travian with their kids. So, you, you know, you see these anecdotes and then you see, you know, the regulator issuing uh, warnings to the population that, you know, careful with this game. Uh, you know, there are some <laughs> bad actors who are trying to do, you know, uh, you know, you know it, it becomes this phenomenon, yeah. right? Yes. And so it really turned that it's really cracked open the market. Before that, I mean, as, a, as, as someone who was trying to get into games, it was really difficult to have these conversations. People did not see games mm. as something that mm. money. You know, how are we going to do Final Fantasy? How are we going to... So I, I would say, you know, uh, this self-publishing um, and, and, and you know, this localization and, and, and just lowering the barriers for people to play games. Really, it was like a free-to-air satellite moment. Free to play was like a, a free to air satellite moment where you know you could be a poor guy with a tinfoil, you know, you could be a refugee with a tinfoil, but if you have a cable, you know, plugging into a, an old TV, then you can enjoy hundreds of TV channels. I think it was something similar to that, right? Yeah. So yeah. it basically opened up like grown ups to understand that. This is act an actual business. This games. Yes, yes, yes. So you had yeah. you, you had the opportunist thinking. Okay, yeah, maybe we can make money from something similar, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But but yeah. Uh, so the initial flow of capital was into game development, right? Mm -hmm. But then we did not realize game development is hard, and we do not have the momentum and the history of the you know the established game development regions. Yeah. 
So if we are talking about, you know, number of companies, I, I mean, I think in Jordan in 2012, we had over 10 companies and then suddenly like in the end of 2012 all of them closed down and there were just you know a couple remaining right so yeah so there yeah. was like a bubble that happened and you know people yeah. realized okay investors realized okay this is not like an overnight kind of you know driving like success we they need mm. actually years to build the game and perfect the game right and then yeah. that's when you know it was it was a very hard you know difficult period for everybody in, in jordan and i think similar things happened in egypt similar things happened in the uae everybody who tried to make games for consoles everybody who had you know uh, ambitious you know built games from scratch right and there's a lot of you know uh, a lot of knowledge a lot of experience that goes into that and you, you not all not i mean we always advocate you know like you know build the experience internally but you know there are so many you're taking so many leaps here right there's yeah. there's you know sometimes it's just better to get someone actually experienced to design that you know onboarding you know to teach you about retention so there was so much i mean we were starting from scratch so there was really uh, so much uh, that we needed to learn before we can you know um you know um make these you know um, misses you know mm. but eventually like the the games became this you know bad word for investors and I think the learning from many of these companies who try to make games, and this is not just, you know, this is many people like, I know, like, you know, the, the head of Tomato, Hussam, he was a co-founder in an early, earlier company during the Travian era, and they tried to build games and ultimately mm. it worked out. And so he went with Tomato, of course, he went to mobile because of the mm. times, but also he went with publishing and the same learning was from us with play Arabi and going also into publishing. So instead of building games, how about we, you know, publish games uh, that are, you know, already have good metrics already have, you know, some success outside. Right. But of course yeah. that's also, that also has its, its set of challenges. Now, I, you know, I, I because again, the, the region is fragmented. So, you know, different countries, different uh, situations, but I would say, we didn't have any major successes in, in developing games. I, mm. I, I've seen some, you know, investments go in UAE early, Egypt, uh, the different countries, and it's always the same story, right? If you get, if you try to do something for core audiences, if you try to do something premium, it's probably a slap in the face, and you know, then you go casual and you go uh, mobile and you go, you know, you basically focus on regional audiences because you're filling pent up demand, so quality. You're not competing globally, on, on, you know, you don't need that, you know, top notch quality and fresh ideas to get noticed, right? You just need to get something out there. People don't have enough content to consume in Arabic. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, in a way, that uh, change that happened in the mindset of people trying the business and, and the bubble, um, I've seen this happen in, in other regions as well, like thinking about uh, post supercell success. Um, 10 years ago in Finland, we did have kind of like uh, in, in the city of Oulu, which is up, up north, where, where our mutual friend uh, Jussi is from. So yeah. that, that was a, a region where they had a booming games ecosystem in this city of 120,000 people uh, with like dozens of mobile games companies, but they're all dead now. Mm. It's, um, it was, but like if you look at Helsinki, like a thriving, mobile games business which is still like huge um so it, it is I, I i sort of like relate to very well because i was spending a lot of time in Oulu and mm. watching these entrepreneurs very passionately making their best to to put out something that could work and become a like a, a, a sort of like a, a business for them in gaming but it didn't work i, I believe there's a lot of things that are very hard to learn quickly in games Indeed. so Indeed, development is yeah. hard and you know just starting it from scratch in a region that does not have the the, the momentum and not yes. able to pull in the proper resources to do that it's just you yes. know you know turning the difficulty up you know to 200 right yeah it's like thinking about the whole mina region it's it's still in that stage probably that there's there's not no local kind of hit company that everybody could emulate and copy 
because I, I think that happened a bit with Supercell in Finland. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know when we, when we say company, when we say we we have examples, right? Like, but but we do have examples of success, and I'm sure you're aware of the still front acquisition of Jawaker for two hundred million, mm-hmm. right? Right. And we yes. do have these stories, but you know how are these stories picked up? So you know if if you if you if you look at you know coverage for Jawaker, right? Uh, the success of Jawaker. This is an exit bigger than the Yahoo Maktoub exit, bigger than the Talabat exit but it's not nearly as much covered, right? I don't know, there's maybe a disconnect because when people, you know, when, when, when games, right, play, right, that's something maybe media do not take seriously or something. I, there's always mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and, and also as an example, is this the exam, is this, you know, an example that is workable that we can inspire youth, you know, are we, you know, setting them up really for success when we give them this example? I, I think there are much more realistic examples of success we've had. Uh, I, I, but but again, all of them are all of them are are in mobile. So we do not have we have very few and very limited in scope successes in Steam. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, not enough to you know to 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 give you this uh, turning you know critic you know, how do you say it? like turning point like like you know break the psychological barrier of yes we can do that yes Steam. You know, we can do that. You know, hundreds of people are, thousands of people are doing it. And so, so for us, mobile has been the lower risk path. Casual games have been the lower risk path, and 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 regional audiences, right? Because we understand that, and Mm. uh, and and uh, so most of the successes really are card games or card games. And the card games are more on the casual side. It's like, you know, a group of developers making card games and building an audience. And that audience starts to tell them, hey, can you please put a gas station on that level? Or, you know, give me this card that I like. And then they respond and build audiences. And there are several actually uh, good examples of companies that have been able to sustain. uh, Mm. You know, you have companies like Rababa in Saudi Arabia, you have UMX. There's a bunch of companies that have been able to gradually grow um, um, by just, you know, targeting niches that that have, you know, that, you know, understanding audiences and catering to niche audiences. But also, yeah, like, yeah. you know, when 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 you're a creative game developer out of Saudi Arabia, you've gamed all your life and you want to make a game for the global audience. This isn't a, an example that resonates with you. Right? This is what we're seeing right now in Saudi Arabia. Maybe I, I failed to mention that. I'm I'm now running a game uh, uh, incubation and acceleration program with game founders, and yeah. uh, actually UC uh, is is uh, with us on the program team, so he is part yeah, of the yeah. team delivering this. Yeah. yeah, shout out to UC out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think like I did uh, three years ago uh, a webinar yeah. with him for elite game developers, so you can yes, still yes, see. I saw, I saw. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. You know, the same knowledge. You know, so we're really, really trying to level the playing field here. You know, with these talents. Yeah, but you know great. they're creative people and when you know when you talk to them about the craft they're super engaged and when you start to talk to them about the business and you know companies and then you start to you know the conversations they start to drift and the conversation starts to get more difficult yeah, yeah like yeah I, there's so many moving parts here I, I wanted to talk a bit about the, the Saudi and uh, we can come back to the accelerator yeah. uh, later but like like the of course like the the big news now has been the Savvy Games Group sort of stamp, stamping its uh, position in, yeah. in the games industry as a as a true player. Uh, mm. Like the, there was this news last year that they will invest thirty seven point eight billion in yes. initiatives yes. to make the kingdom a global hub of gaming. Um, that's amazing. But like, um, as a question to this, like this kind of crap capital structure, can you explain how that then flows into gaming to create a foothold? And like, how does that model really work? So I think, I think like right now, you know, Saudi Arabia is in a, in a period of transformation. And, uh, you know, there's this, uh, everybody's talking about Vision 2030. And this has, you know, given everybody this North Star or th- vision that they can work towards. And part of that is entertainment and media. Part of the reform happening is entertainment and media, and part of that is games, right? And uh, uh, you know, the, the, the crown prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman himself is 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 actually uh, 
pretty involved in, in so he he sits in the he's the chairman of the savvy games group and uh he's you know i believe he has a part you know uh, an interest in in this sector right yeah, and yeah. it manifests in different ways so for example the misc foundation which is his fund his his foundation non-profit foundation uh and a company associated with that acquired fully acquired smk right so so the 38000 is 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 probably just savvy sorry 38 billion like just i missed a few yeah. zeros here but uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> right um uh is is part of savvy but there is so much more going on besides if, if that you know besides that right uh was the 38000 uh, billion was it it's it was a savvy announcement because just before that one week or two weeks before that there was the the national games strategy uh, yeah can you can you talk about like the broader outside of what savvy is doing yes, like, yes, what, what yes. is the broader sort of like impact yes so you know like there are many many places where the capital is coming from and many different entities that are executing on on things so you have you know of course the savvy group which is part of the sovereign wealth wealth fund of saudi arabia the public investment fund is is basically doing what the Emiratis and Qataris have been doing for years, you know, investing outside, trying to find, you know, smart, uh, you know, make smart business investments outside. So you can look at it when you see these big investments in game companies. These are, you know, big brands. These are successful game companies. So uh, a lot of it is just driven purely by by, you know, let's make good investments that get good returns, right? And then there is also like the synergies that this creates. So if you look at the public investment fund, you know, and the savvy group, under them, there is the ecosystem building mandate as well. So you have a company like 966, which is uh, trying to build the local ecosystem and they, you know, they, they kind of catalyze, they try to catalyze things. So they, you know, they started and then handed off the IGDA Riyadh chapter, they're trying to do things with incubation acceleration and then they're also helping the 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 ministry of investments to uh, incentivize global companies to land there, to to land in saudi arabia to have a presence in saudi arabia and um with 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 you know with these investments what happens is that if you're like the largest shareholder like the largest uh, shareholder after nintendo itself in nintendo then you're able to have this audience with Nintendo and tell them, you know, have this conversation with them and tell them, hey, you know, um, this is a big market and you guys, uh, you know, maybe you can up your games here. Right? You're not present and let's let's try to do something something here that makes sense for everyone. And the same with Embracer, the same with Activision. I think this this is just an opportunities. But again, like, you know, these there is the international investments and then there is the investing in lo locally. And both are happening and both are not mutually exclusive. So if you take the example of the of the MISC Foundation, MISC Foundation is also investing into that and many other things like entrepreneurship, empowering. So the, their mandate is empower, empowering people. And sometimes they do that by acquiring, acquiring companies. So before the acquisition of SNK, there was like some exchange of experiences where they sent Saudis there to train. And, they, and then now that they own it, then this can, you know, be 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 developed further, right? Um, uh, who else are, do we have? Uh, we have, you know, the ministries. You, 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 when we talk about the vision, the vision twenty thirty and the national game strategy, and then in all these in, in all these ministries, you have the vision realization offices established, and you know, like a watchdog of, hey, are we executing on this? This is serious. We're not we're not playing. We're not just you know lazy public sector now. We have. Uh, you know, an imperative. We have a directive, and we need to execute it. So people are really starting to 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 work hard. All of these, you know, public sector employees. Are, uh, so, for example, the Ministry of uh, Communication and Information Technology, um, who are, by the way, the 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 funders, the the owners of the game founders. Saudi Arabia program. They commissioned it and we are executing executing on it. So you have the government and the government is, is basically working for the public. So this is more entrepreneurship. This is more knowledge transfer from outside, less about investing outside, but more about empowering the people to create the industry and to create successful companies, right? So so each each party is doing things from a different angle, but they're all 
pumping money into into this. You also have things like uh, you know the the public sector. So uh, sorry, the private sector. That you know that you know you know companies like Sandsoft, which are fully funded by a Saudi family business, right? And they're doing a lot of uh, you know they've they've put a lot of money to to build this, right? And uh, and 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 it's also it's also it all kind of fits into the, the vision narrative. You are not if you go to Riyadh, everybody's going to be talking about Vision 2030, and, and to a lesser extent, the National Games Strategy. I think the National Games Strategy, uh, personally, I, I I mean it it sounds to me like a bunch of really ambitious goals. I, I respect that, but I feel that it is. Uh, you know, when it, when you compare it to the Vision 2030, it's much less tight as a document, uh, as a declaration of, you know, okay, we understand that you want to achieve these things that, you know, look like crazy ambitious, but how are we going to do this? How are you going to execute? I think that the national strategy really left that, you know, that piece of information about what is the execution going to look like. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so many things here. So much money splashing around and different kind of... Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, yes, and before like the national arms strategy, and, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Like yeah. the the whole, like how how do we how like who's making sure that everybody's on the same page with like wh where how we're moving towards the vision? Well, this is the, this is the question for the national. So I think they, so. Here's the thing. I think pre pandemic um, there was this. They were they started working on these things. You know, laying the ground. For, you know, for this focus and these things before the pandemic and everybody started working on these things so you have you know all kinds of government agencies all kinds of people trying to do things in games and uh but but it felt uncoordinated and the national game strategy games and esports strategy uh uh funny enough you know the esports is a huge focus but you know i you know for them and i think now there is like some course correction where they are also putting focus on the actual game making but mm. but uh, you know i always drop that esports piece right but it's yeah. such a big focus in the region here esports um but yeah the national what was i saying um the national uh, games strategy even before it started you know people were kind of fumbling like everybody is working everybody is doing stuff but it's uncoordinated yeah. And I think yeah. the national game strategy came to say that, hey, look, this is all, let's package all that nicely. Let, and I think also in the spirit of cooperation. And I, I think there hasn't really been this much cooperation, but I think there are people trying to, you know, bring everybody on the same table and let's have, you know, these conversations. And I think they are getting there. I think, okay, there's a lot of, you know, maybe fumbling, a lot of misses, but I think there's just so much drive and people are learning and people are, you know, starting to live, to deliver and to learn and to improve. Right. So mm. overall, I think it's a net huge positive what is happening there. Mm. Um, but the question remains for me, like, how are we doing this? Like, for example, the 40, you know, 38, was it 38, 39th, something like 40,000 jobs. Like, how are we gonna, you know, create these 40,000 jobs when you don't have university level game education? Right now, yeah. like seven years yeah. is a very short time for that. Is this all going to yeah. be through the capital? Is this all going to be through the investment power? Or is this like, you know, um, back, you know, like the, the softer skills, the less craft and focus on esports? Like, how is this? Like, this is a huge number, however you spin it. So how is this going to happen? Or the, you know, 30, ga 30, 30 games in the top 300, something like that, like in the in the top rated game. Are you gonna buy your way into that list, or are mm. we, are these games gonna be built in the last, next seven years? So, the questions are, there are big questions. It is um, ambitious. I think they are gonna reach a lot of it, right? They are working so hard, and I think they are gonna reach a lot of it. But you know, um, time will tell. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the the biggest topics also like related to to the reach and growing is like the news of Scopely being acquired. Um, like, I, it just doesn't feel like they're they're pushing the region forward by acquiring a big mobile games company. Um, like, because it's, it's US with a lot of European studios. doesn't yeah. feel like that, that really, like, creates something. There's also this, like, buying stakes in companies like Nintendo, like, what are your thoughts around like what why this all is happening? Um, what what's in it for savvy to buy these companies? 
I think, as I said, like, uh, you know, public investment fund and, that you know, it go- all goes back to, to the goal of diversifying the economy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Moving away from being oil-based economy to knowledge-based economy. And I think with with, with Savvy, I think obviously they're, they're, I mean, if it's a good business, it's a good business they're buying, right? But depending on how much shares, like with Scopely, I think the conversation would be really easier to, hey, you know, focus on Mina, right? It, this is not a bad market. This is, okay, it's not a darling like China, like Russia, right? But it is 400 million population. This is, I mean, okay, unfortunately you have, colonial border you know co- you know borderlines from the colonial era like you have 22 countries but this is a market as, as big population wise or more than the US right mm. uh, this is uh lots of youth uh this is you know a region with a lot of shared things like language uh, history religion uh, lots of things that that make it um, you know i wouldn't say like fully you know homogeneous but like you know lots of shared things going on yeah so and it's very accessible, right? So and but not all companies get that. Like some, you know, some companies in in the UK, some companies in France, some companies in Sweden because they have a lot of big, you know, Arabic expat com, uh, population. But the other countries, the other companies, then you know, are you guys interested in Mina? Like you know, sometimes you have a playground of very active Mina users, and then you get curious. Let me look there, right? Uh, so so I think eventually, like it's. Uh, with there is so much I, I keep going on tangents um mm-hmm. yeah with, with, yeah, but it's, with yeah it's not only about localizing like, you know, why games. don't we establish something why don't yeah. we why don't we try you know this is a big market saudi arabia uae are in the top five countries with with the pubg international version right so you have us yeah. and you have you know these uh, big countries and then you have saudi arabia and the uae and they're spending crazy there's a uh, so much you know, uh, you know, numbers that you can get out of, you know, uh, sensor tower or like, you, you know, that, that show you that this is okay. Maybe, maybe as, a, as, as, as a, as a bit, you know, as one country, maybe that's not a lot, maybe, but as a region, you know, you're, you're investing in potential here. And when you talk about free to play, free to play is not about just number of users. It's about the relationship with users. So when you have a huge pool of waves here, and this is something that the Chinese companies realize, right? The Chinese companies are being squeezed by regulations and they've had to expand. So they took, a, a, they made lots of killings in the region, right? And, um, but, you know, no others are like Japanese companies, they're happy with their home turf, right? So that they don't don't really care for the region. And you know, when you have a market as big as the US, a lots of lots of companies are just you know happy with the growth that they're achieving there. So, yeah, makes sense. Well, what is what is your gut feeling about like this acquisitions and, and money being uh, like placed outside of outside of the region into companies? Um, do you think like do, do we already see that investment flowing back somehow uh, into the region? Uh, not, not necessarily, not now. I think it, it will take time. Um, I think, the, you know, uh, conversations are definitely happening. I think we're going to start seeing companies setting shop and employing, you know, locals. In, in, in Saudi Arabia and, you know, maybe targeting the region more. But I think it will take time. But I think it makes yeah. it makes sense, um, yeah. and uh, I think you know these these investments. As I said, the, these investments are ultimately for you know they see it as as good business, and you know Saudi Arabia again with the reforms happening, with the changes happening, they have a lot of catching up to do with you know you know the internet you know UAE have been you know had a head start as international business people investing in and buying out outside the country. So this is. Uh, like just uh, purely, you know, business bets. Like, yeah. So there's there's a bit of competition there as well. To yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Especially also also with with trying to attract companies, right? So this is a Imagine, very yeah. fiercely competitive, and and the, you know, the bigger the companies, the more they're offering in, in rebates and you know, uh, you know, subsidizing opening offices. I mean, this is why you have Ubisoft Abu Dhabi, right? Mm. They did yeah. not go and say, yeah, you know, we're going to come here and, you know, Emiratis are great at making games. Let's go open a studio there, right? 
it was it was uh, you know it was a conversation with the government and that's mm -hmm. that, you know and and lots of support from the government and and aggressive offers that that incentivize these companies to such up with with Saudi Arabia though I want I want to be very clear so with Saudi Arabia it's a bigger population and it's a bigger market so I think it makes more sense to go there and there is a lot of talent right it's it's just like when you compare and, and I'm not say like I'm not trying you know trying to say who's you know just the, that's the situation there like you have a country with almost 40 million population 60 percent of which are nationals versus the UAE where you have uh, you know maybe 10 million but or or I don't know I'm maybe you know getting numbers out of my head here but you know 20 percent nationals right so yeah there's just so much more uh you know a bigger pump company bigger country bigger population and lots of talents yeah let's talk about the talent now so yeah. you mentioned 966 a while ago which is a part of the savvy games group and yeah. there was a survey done about the game developers in saudi arabia yeah. last year based on this report there's there's a lot of work to be still done mm. like if there's the goal of forty thousand local developers working in uh, 250 local studios in the next seven years uh, to, to hit that 2030 point um like there's like how many developers right now <laughs> like what what is the what's the sort of like the, the difference from the reality today and into seven years like what do you see the challenges there oh it's it's, it's very challenging let's let's just step back a bit and just you know um um the, the forty thousand figure i think it's entire game industry again it's the national games and esports and esports has been a big focus, so I think a lot of that will be fulfilled on the uh, on the esports side. But yes, I agree. Like when you have just a few hundred of you know game developer community, how is this gonna grow to reach? You know, even if we say half of that number, or you know, just one quarter of that number is gonna be you know pure game development. How is this gonna happen? Right. Um, uh, I think there are many many challenges here. There's a lot of hard work that needs to be done. Um, I, I mean, right now with everything going on, you know, everybody is 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 picking, you know, picking the you know from the, everybody is competing not competing on this same small pool of talents, right? Uh, I wouldn't say it's 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 small. Like again, it's a big country. I'm talking specifically about Riyadh, right? But you have Saudi, you know, you have the eastern region and you have the uh, you know the the Mecca and the Jeddah region, and there's a lot of you know these are very diverse areas in Saudi Arabia with lots of people from different origins and very lots of creativity uh, and, and and creative output uh, going on there uh, and lots of talents. But um, the th the problem here we have is that we have all of these initiatives. You know the game founders. You know this training academy, this program, this company is hiring, and they're all. You know, vultures, you know, trying to eat from the same, <laughs> you know, like yeah. not a very good analogy, but but it's it's yeah. they're all picking from the same uh garden, let's say. Okay. Yeah. To use a nicer analogy. So so yeah. so you know, we have you know people coming to do entrepreneurship in, 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 in game founders, and then these companies are hiring and they hire out of the incubator, right? out of the program. And you have all yeah. of these programs competing on the same. So we should be expanding this pool, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think uh, a key, uh, like, I don't see it happening unless, you know, and 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 again, <laughs> it's, the challenge here is that academia is really slow, right? When you, yeah. when you, Start an initiative to have a you know a minor or a bachelor's degree. It it might take a year or two to 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 hit the ground, and then you need like four or five years for you know actual graduates to go into the job market. Right? Yeah. So yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and in a way, like the juniors starting their own studios, that's never been like a very fruitful like <laughs> like system. Exactly. Exactly. Say. Because so the so it's this is one challenge, you know, understanding of the business. You know, getting getting zooming out of just making a game that you love to make or you want to make, and you know, thinking about it as a business and as a company, and you know, yeah. as survival. Like maybe you want to do your dream game, but maybe you know, you 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 have two choices: either you guys all you know you're doing your day job, and then you throw in whatever however much energy you have left 
into this yeah. game and do this, you know, slow process. Or you guys, you know, say, okay, that's it. We want to do, do a game studio and, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to get this uh, up and running, right? Like, you know, yeah. you know, this is one of the reasons, like, I was, you know, a proponent of, of, of I, I, uh, I'm, I, I remember you said, like, you're a closet fan of hypercasual because hypercasual isn't cool, right? It isn't, it isn't cool. It's these, you know, throwaway games, right? But it's just a fascinating piece of the industry for me because the role that hypercasual played in, 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 in advancing the game industry and the democratizing game development is no less than what Unity did, what the app stores and the digital distribution did and self-publishing did, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but, you know, they don't bite. We talk to them. Yes. We try to educate them that, you know, hey, maybe, you know, no investor or no publisher is going to come to you if they know that, you know, your whole team has day jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Who's going to give you money if you're not giving your own time to this? Right. But it's just, you know, it's it's a hard conversation. Right. So on one hand, you know, the immediate need is the business understanding to create these success stories and this cluster effect. And on the other hand, really, I think I've had an, an you know, like, you know, getting people, accepting people into my program. I've had a very touching anecdotal experience about how, you know, I had uh, just a girl sending her application and it was one of the best applications i've seen and i was very touched by her passion and she's showing the, th the games that she's making and I, I was blown away and i was really looking forward to see her and then we get a call from her mom that she's starting university right and we don't want her to do that so please reject her right please <laughs> tell her you can't come um right and this was really this affected me right you know uh because because and and but it, but it also made me realize, which is a very simple realization that you know is coming a little bit late for me, that that you know maybe these parents need to see uh, you know game game design game development in the in in the university cho choices. That is their message that there is a career path and there is uh, money to be made. That is that is the message. You know, for all the talk that we say that you know dropouts or you know you don't need university to work, but this is really still a very major and very important uh, piece of the equation, right? Mm. So I, I think really the answer with, with, with some of these goals is uh, edu education, you know, university mm -hmm. level education. Vocational is there, but it's not enough, right? And on the vocational side, on, on these programs, the, 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 the challenge is imbuing the business thinking. Taking mm -hmm. these, you know, I use the word when I was talking about Jordan, about, you know, Travian, like the opportunists. If you have a passion, you know, a balance between the creative and the passion, the passionate side, but also the the business side, right? And the and being an opportunist and saying, hey, I can make money here, without you know, and this can make sense in my journey to make games. I don't have to always be struggling and doing, you know, uh, business to business or you know, advertising games uh, to 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 put money on the table. Maybe maybe I can build up my experience gradually and reach that I don't know Street Fighter or more or Final Fantasy game that I want to do. Maybe twenty years down the line, right? It's or, mm -hmm. or 15, 10, whatever. Right? This is uh, what I feel is 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 uh, missing and needs to be done. Yeah. I think so. It's uh, it's about from the, the creative level and also the business side. And um, absolutely, yeah, and I, there is abundance in talent and in creative. Yes. Uh, there is abundance in passion in Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. right now, with yeah. the talent, all of these talents that are going on, and with the country opening up and all of this closeted talents. You know, I've run a game jam uh, with this you know game portal business that I talk, uh, told you about. Uh, I've run a game jam. It's been running and it's it's running until now actually, but I ran it until 2014. And now my 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 friend and colleague Donner is is it's called Games Danga. And uh, uh, when I look at you know I I had a good spread because it was like a global game jam. It was like the global game jam but on a regional level. So we had online, we had all these cities and gatherings happening. Right. And, um, 
you know, lots more, like the, the majority, like the biggest country in terms of participants is always Saudi Arabia. And for me, the best games with the most international and universal appeal is Saudi Arabia, right? Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I can talk and praise each country, like, you know, that can go on forever. But I think Saudi Arabia, and I always joke with my Finnish, uh, you know, uh, fin, uh, Finnish friends, is that, you know, Saudi Arabia is like Finland, you know, you have bad weather and you're trapped with your family. And then you're you're trying to have fun with all these board games, and so you have an understanding of fun. And also, of course, you have the the income to be able to you know spend on this pop culture, consume the media, and and play the board games and all that. And I think you know seeing 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 the passion, seeing creativity coming out of this game jam over the last ten years, and seeing what's happening now in Saudi Arabia, I really believe in the talent. I really believe that they have something to offer. Yeah, like Samir. Like as the final question here, like I wanted to talk to you about your vision for 2030. Like what what do you think will happen in, in the next seven years in the region? I think, uh, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, this is all, has always been a question that I've been trying to answer. Um, like how do we support game developers? How do we get out there? Uh, when are people gonna, when you say Arabic games, conjure an image? Like when I say Polish game, probably you think about Uh, you know, Witcher, when I say Isetonian, you think about Disco Elysium. When are we going to be that? When are we going to mm. be on the map and how? what will it take? I think we we have a lot of the pieces. Or It happened organically. Uh, we had a lot of the pieces like, you know, with Hyper Casual, I've seen studios thrive, uh, studios sustain, and, and now they're trying to do their dream games with Steam and console and all that. And I see, yeah. um, and I, speaking regionally, right, not just Saudi Arabia, And mm -hmm. and you know with unity, all of these uh, you know moments that that you know um, enabled and democratized game development and made it a thing here. And I think the last uh, the last piece is is capital, uh, not just capital, of course, know how, know how knowledge transfer can can happen through these programs, through collaborating, you know, just having these business relationships outside, getting your games published, all of that. I think that you know um, I think that capital. Being unlocked is gonna be uh, is gonna be a big piece of that, and and that's why I'm happy that I'm I'm doing right now game founders because it's acceleration. We are giving grants. We're not getting. We're not doing. You know, but, but again, this is government. Uh, always our programs are you know conversation with government. So with this program, we are not doing equity investing. We are it's government grants, but just you know being closer to the capital and having this you know portfolio of companies. That we can, uh, you know, talk to people like Play Ventures. You know, Harry visited us in the, in the, in the, in the program, and and you know, local investors, uh, game publishers, and then you know, trying to unlock this, uh, you know, buyers to fund these games and these companies. Uh, I think this is a big piece of it. This is, I think, this is the last piece. The knowledge piece is always going to be there, right? Uh, yeah. And how you solve it also. Is is is, is going to be? There's different ways that you can solve, you know, the knowledge transfer and 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 I think also like a very big thing is is the is the psychological barrier that we have, particularly when it comes to console and PC and Steam, because it has not been done. Um, mm. So uh, it's just I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if it's if they're not do if they don't see that that's what you know other studios are doing and we should yeah. do that. I don't know what exactly you know. There are many, many challenges also with, that we're seeing in the, with the program, and we're trying to fulfill that. So we've, you know, ironically, Game Founders has always been mobile focused, and we, the, you know, there was PC always so startups coming in, but in Saudi Arabia, you know, <laughs> um, it's mostly premium. So we, 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 or, or I would say half and half almost. But, but we've we're having to support them with this we're having you know people like UC coming in we also have Ken Sakunakata who's a resident mentor there ex uh, square enix ex konami and he's also like been involved in building indie studios in Japan and and we try to we're trying to you know show them that this is the path this is how you do it right this is how you validate your gaming steam this is how you go out there You have to go yeah. to the conferences. You have to reach out to the publishers. You have to build a community. You have to all of these different pieces. And this has been educational for me because I come from a region where this is something that we have not achieved yet. We have not done right. So, mm. right. And 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 uh, and so we, we're trying to show them that this is the path to success. What we're trying yeah. to do is minimize the you know the the really it comes down to maximizing 
uh, your chances of uh, success and minimizing your chance of failure right so yeah 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 so so it's, yeah. it's it's i think that's that's uh really they need an example i think they still do not there are again there are games that succeeded on a limited fashion when you see when you say you know limited fashion you're talking about one solo dev and you know then he has a, f- a little money maybe to buy a car or 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 or, or mm-hmm. you know to to cross a few bucket list items like go to japan or some things like that but we're talking yeah. about real success that can really you know uh get you know the Open the floodgates. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when it's the yeah the Saudi sort of like uh, royal match game or the, yeah, the Saudi exactly. merch merch mansion with the the granny sort of like very iconic IP. Yeah, mm. and 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 you guys have the capital to then scale those kind of IP, so that it's very interesting. Times, yes, I think. Yeah. So so yeah. so you see. Um, so when it comes to local support, I think this is still being unlocked. Like there are like you know game founders itself is is part of the ignite fund which is a fund a six is it 1.8 billion um saudi uh sorry uh, us dollars six billion saudi something like that but it is focused on uh digital content and games right yeah. game founders is one of many many tens of programs that are under this fund uh, mm-hmm. And um, the National Development uh, Fund also announced like a three hundred thousand, was it three hundred million? There's just a lot of numbers. I'm, ironically, you know, I'm bad with numbers. Although I started my career in market research, I think I just had enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with numbers. But yeah, uh, you know, so these these things are still unlocking, right? And and there yeah. are programs, and and you know, like the 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 the, the cash is. The, the funding is slowly unlocking. There is a program with Neom called Level Up, which you know the, they accepted a small number of companies, and they are giving each one like in the millions, let's say million, million, two million real things like that. So, yeah. so uh, it's, it's slowly unlocking. It's not yet, there yet, but really, it's you know, is it just capital? Because there could there's a chicken and egg issue here. Because like you know, mm-hmm. I give you this you know huge amount of capital, but there is still a lot of runway that you there's a lot of a lot of of journey left until you reach that you know business understanding and entrepreneurial and business and and and, and you know we're building a company understanding right the, yeah. so so it's really it's 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 raw materials and capital both have mm-hmm. to you know um step up let's say yeah totally agree it's a really good point to to finish here somewhere this is really good thanks thanks for coming on the uh, show and uh all the best to your journey and helping helping with the region grow and I'll, I'll let's do another one in the near future when things have progressed yeah look back you know kind of <laughs> yeah. My yeah. thank you for having bye. me here and, and uh, talk soon i guess talk soon bye 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 thanks again to my guests for joining the show If you have time, please go and sign up to our newsletter at elitegamedevelopers.com slash newsletter. Since every Friday morning, I send out a piece on gaming startups, what I've experienced recently as an investor, things that I'm seeing and thinking about. I really want to share a lot to you guys. So if you have time, please subscribe to the newsletter. That would be awesome. And... I'll see you next week on the podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.